And hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Space Explorer Podcast here, both on uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast and on YouTube. So we're live here on YouTube as well. I'm Seth Kirk, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Space Explorer. And with me is, of course, always Jared Sanders. Hey, how's it going, guys? <sighs> uh, you, had to, you had to say how it's going. <laughs> super uh, excited to be here, but... Here's some bad news. <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely jinxed it, didn't we, on the two weeks ago. <laughs> we were like, yeah, next week we'll talk about our lunch. And now we're two weeks in a row talking about scrubs. Yeah. Um, so if you guys are not, if you guys are living under a rock and not knowing what's going on with the space, space area, Artemis 1 is back to being scrubbed uh for at least for the rest of this uh back to not happening again for uh, at least for the rest of this uh launch window uh which ended yesterday um we are a day later than we normally are so it would have ended yesterday if we did yesterday but move things around with the long weekend and my you know and stuff like that so uh the issue this time ended up being um an uncontrolled uh, un, not uncontrollable uh, they are leak they couldn't resolve um on the pad so they ended up having to had to uh scrub the countdown and the leak was again with liquid hydrogen, something we've seen in the past mm-hmm. um, with, with the issues before. So it wasn't, it's not really, leaks with hydrogen systems aren't necessarily that surprising. Like I think whenever we, they bring it up, I'm like, I'm always expecting one problem to leak. Like one, one something's going to leak and they're just going to fix it. Yeah. Uh, we saw that issue with the first launch attempt and they did that kind of um, turn off the fueling, let the seal and area warm up and then redo it. They, the reason they did that is to, um, to see if they can, Kind of once they put the cold uh, the fuel in the cold, kind of comes back. It can probably it can reseat the seal. Um, they tried that twice this time. They also tried pressurizing, um, like the line to see if they can kind of like brute force it back into place. Um, all that didn't work. Uh, so now they're uh, looking at replacing the seal on the pad. This is this is kind of the interesting thing where we come from. Uh, you, you finally, you were, you finally got to see it too, but then it got scrubbed. Like, it, yeah. it's like, we're not all here. <laughs> now we have to wait like a month. Um, and the interesting thing is it's going to be out there for the pad for a while now. Like, yeah. Longer yeah. than probably they wanted it to be. Right. Um, well they have, so yeah, probably longer. I mean, I, I think they're pretty cool with it being out there on the pad. I mean, the, the lightning system is pretty, pretty good. I mean, I think no one's going to steal it. I mean, and it's, it's pretty hard to steal. That thing's <laughs> quite heavy. I mean, if you if you can, some <laughs> the greatest heist ever stealing a rocket. Well, um, if you steal it, then you you solve the problem, right? Because I mean, it probably <laughs> got off the ground. <laughs> That's true. Um, so the what they're doing right now is uh, oh yeah, for 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 a lot time wise wise, they got the waiver to be uh, for the flight termination system to be. Uh, valid for 25 days um, because they have to have batteries on there and they have to charge the batteries and they have to do a certain test um, of the system inside the VAB uh, with the with the Eastern range um, that handles all that. So they got a waiver of 25 days. They keep kind of teasing. They want to extend the waiver out more. Um, I don't... Some people I've uh, talked to, uh, uh, um, one of the former shuttle flight directors uh, kind of tweeted out saying that, like he's gone several times to the eastern range for waivers and has many of times come coming back with his uh tail between his legs not being able mm. to get the waiver so <laughs> it's uh it, whether or not they get the waiver it's probably gonna be pretty hard to get that um there are questions of what are the what's the lifespan of the batteries versus what they want to have the you know how long mm. they actually want to have it out there for 
I'm sure there's going to have to be a hard line past a certain point, and I'm sure 25 dates is going to be pretty close to that. It might be hard for them to get uh, that waiver. But even if they do get the waiver, um, that could get them to the next launch date, which is act- um, September 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, not 17th, sorry. Uh, 14th, maybe, I think it is. Um, but uh, mid, mid-September. They could possibly get to the next launch date. Um, but whether or not that won't last them to the through launch date, so they're going to have to roll back eventually. Um, so they're kind of like teasing around yeah. like what they're going to do with this rocket. Yeah, there was a bunch of, I mean, it seems like the media, like national regular media keeps picking up October as like some kind of date um, that's obviously been thrown out there. But I guess yeah. I want to ask you, what's your biggest takeaway right now? Because I think mine is like, they're taking a lot of heat for this, man. For Oh, it's always hard to have really high profile scrubs. Um, right. First launch attempt. And so I wrote an article. It was, I deemed it, I put it as an opinion article because it wasn't really uh, like a newsy like article. It was more just my thoughts mm-hmm. on everything, even though I think it was kind of the general consensus of what everyone was, was believing and, and feeling in that launch control room, which was their unwinnable choice of launch, you know, do some more wet dress rehearsals or just launch it. And right. they would have gotten heat either way. Like they would have, if they would have chosen to do a, a fifth wet dress rehearsal um, or a fifth or sixth wet dress rehearsal um, to try to test all the systems, they would have gotten heat for not taking enough risk. And now that they took mm-hmm. that risk and are attempting to launch it, they're like, oh, well, they should have done more wet dress rehearsals. Yeah, it's like a lose-lose, right? It's a lose-lose um, for, for NASA. However, I think they definitely didn't make the right choice to attempt the launch because like we saw for this system, this uh, this system's in the tail service mast, and it's the the fuel point fuel port for the liquid hydrogen, mm-hmm. pretty much. And this system has worked flawlessly since the Green Run. Like the, this system has always worked. Where Green Run didn't use the tail service mast, but that that port, at least at least that's the kind of type of system has always worked. Um, and so, all since the first time it shows up, so there's no guarantee that even if they did a wet dress rehearsal, they would have came to the launch port launch site again and launched in attempted to launch and not had this issue right hydrogen is a pesky pesky um system to work with it mm-hmm. is the smallest molecule on the periodic table it likes to leak yeah um, i was gonna say it slips out easy right <laughs> it's very tight yeah like it doesn't matter what system you pr- you produce or, or develop right there will be leaks in it um it just depends on how much leaks and whether or not that's fine you know that's the safety environment because well it is hydrogen like hydrogen's in the atmosphere so it's not going to be uh that big of an issue if a little bit leaks out now if large quantities leak out it is flammable so you get into a mm-hmm. an issue with having um flammable gas leak out but um yeah it's it's, it's just it's gonna leak uh you just have to control how much and they're going to probably fix it. You know, they're going to, they're probably going to have to end up rolling back anyways. Uh, I don't think they're going to meet that. Even if they get the waiver out to the, the full extent of the battery lifespan, they're probably not going to get enough time to launch it and have to roll back, take a few weeks to roll back, roll back out there. Like, and then you're, you're hopefully maybe you're out there in October. Um, yeah. Uh, for that, that mid October launch window. Um, Which would be awesome. Cause I think, I mean, <laughs> From my perspective, I think it's awesome because it's. I think it's a nighttime window, right? It, it, <sighs> yeah, which... we had we had some discussions on that uh, <laughs> with the group, and I really don't want the first SLS launch to be at night, like not the first one. The yeah, you're gonna, one, you're gonna miss a lot of it, right? Once you're gonna miss so much. Yeah. It's yeah, like you really want to see like everything of that, and you really want to yeah. do a light launch. Yeah. Now, technically, that means nothing. Uh, like they can. They have night vision cameras, so they they'll be able to right, see right, everything right. they need to see. We're so talking not, about 
we're talking about spectator. This is this is for spectator. This is probably like a yeah. fair stuff, which has really no say on when anything anything launches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could totally maybe put you know, like if they go in later in the window, it'll be early morning, and maybe you get like that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe if it launches at like five ish in the morning, mm. you'll get the jellyfish from yeah, the that would be stage, cool. maybe, that would or from the insane. or from the upper stage. Maybe I, I don't know how that would work uh, with yeah. this rocket. That would be really freaking awesome. That would like, be really crazy. awesome. Uh, but like I'm getting excited just thinking about that if that's even a possibility. <laughs> but um, we have like no idea at this point like when this thing's going to launch. Um, yeah. Like right now, all we have is that they're going to attempt to fix the seal at the pad, uh, which means they're going to have to build a, a, a um, enclosure around the area because this is mm-hmm. a system that is installed on the VAB, and that's right. like in the inside the VAB. Yeah, so, so they're they going to build like a whole system. And, and like, and, and I believe it sounds like what they're going to do is like it's kind of seal it off from the outside mm. environment. So, okay, so like an um, environmental seal. It sounds like that's what they're doing. Um, from from the press conferences and then some of the blogs, it, it seems like they they have to put an enclosure of some sort around yep. it um, to do this. Not you know more than just scaffolding, but it seems like it's more like you know environmental seal at least um, to do that work so they don't uh, contaminate anything. And I hope while they're, they're probably do some inspections on the, the rest of the ports and, and stuff like that. And hopefully toss the tarp over Jared. Thank you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that sounds like NASA. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, get some bungee cords. Let's go. Just get some bungee cords. Oh yeah. It's like transporting, you know, like a, in, yeah. if, when you see like a, you know, a deer being transported back from hunting yep. season in Wisconsin, just a tarp and some bungee cords <laughs> around it. You know, that's all. It's all or a gator there. like that one picture that popped up over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> a gator on the back on a yeah. like a little a little back thing. Yeah, just just throw some. Yep, that's fine. That's all you need. Um, but yeah, right now though, that's all we know. Um, hopefully, we'll get more updates soon. Uh, yep. We're bringing that all that stuff. But right now, it's tentative, possibly maybe mid September, but most likely mid October. Yep. But on a side note, like, if point. you have not seen this thing sit out on the pad. You have so much you more time now. See it, you get more time to see it. <laughs> yeah, um, if you're in Central Florida or even Florida at all, just a day yeah, trip to um, beach. Our our buddies over at Starfleet, I'm sure, are going to be running more tours out to to check it out, which is awesome. So, mm-hmm. um, well, definitely. yeah, there's definitely some of the locals are running it there now. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Hopefully, they'll be able to uh, to do some more, or if more yeah. people are interested. So, so, if you're in town or coming in town, still, you can still see it. So. Yep. Yeah. So uh, totally an option. I, I mean, even Play Linda uh, in, on the mm-hmm. road leading up to Play Linda yep. Beach is a pretty good area to view yep. from. So, yeah. So going uh, going forward, and that's pretty much all we can really talk about. <laughs> we can exaggerate yeah. on, on Artemis One at this point. Uh, we do have some other news from this last week. Um, SpaceX is back, kind of uh, with a pretty good contract um, modification from NASA. Uh, they will be getting. Um, pretty much the remainder of the flights for for crew rotation to That's the ISS. Awesome. So let me pull up my note here, and I'll tell you the actual numbers. Of course, I went to a different app when I when I looked it up. Oh, on a side note, SpaceX. If anybody noted, they did launch another Starlink. This this past and they're week. launching two more launches this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, business as usual over there. They're back to me. I like how um, the Artemis one launch, both launch attempts were like sandwiched in between two Starlink missions. Yeah, like they had one the night before the previous one, and then they threw one in there again uh, afterwards. So, and then they're going to be two more this weekend. Best Doctor Evil pose right now. Yep. So uh, SpaceX will go up to Crew fourteen. Wow. Uh, I think it's uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I think That's are the, uh, the missions. And 
the interesting thing for this is it kind of puts Boeing in a weird position where they kind of have to now look elsewhere for, mm-hmm. for money unless there's going to be additional flights in between these flights for short stays um, to like remove cargo because this goes through 2030. And if you remember, um, the NASA has put a hard date now in the ISS that they will retire it on, on you know, by 2030. Yep. They want to have a commercial option by that. So uh, this will go through. So starting next year, hopefully, if everything goes to plan with, with, uh, with Boeing, uh, Boeing has to do their crew flight tests, hopefully sometime either by the end of this year or early next year um, to finally get their, their Starliner uh, certified uh, to, to, to fly crew um, operationally. Um, then hopefully, again, this is all hopefully because we still have to wait for Boeing to, to actually you know, have anything situated and ready for, for their flights. We'll see Crew 6 launch in 2023, which that's pretty much given. Um, possibly Boeing Crew 1. Uh, I don't think we actually know the exact names on what Boeing will call them, but I'll just call them Boeing Crew 1. Um, Boeing Crew 1 in the fall of 2023, and that's when we start alternating back and forth between Boeing and SpaceX. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they wanted when they stated um, in March of this year, I believe, was when they kind of stated they were looking at extending more missions to SpaceX. Um, and the idea is that they want to be alternating back and forth between the mission, between the operators. So they're not backed up on just yep. SpaceX. Yep. So they'll, they'll do that back and forth until 2028, which that will be crew six, uh, Boeing crew six for, um, in 2028. And then 2029, 2030 will only be, will only be SpaceX, um, for those two, for those missions. Um, that was like the one, like, crew, uh, that fall of 2029, I was like, maybe they'll give one more to Boeing, but I don't think they're certified yet. So I don't think they, they quali- even qualify for a modification to that yet. So that's most likely why SpaceX got that one as well. And then that, and then Crew 14 launches beginning of 2030, most likely concluding the lifespan of the ISS, the final final crew rotation, which yeah, is kind of sad. Like, it's kind of sad that like to think that um, they're already, like they, the missions are set. Like these are the yeah. missions. And there will be no it has a finite timeline now. Before, yeah, before that, it was kind of like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, twenty thirty, yeah, we'll see. And also, it's like, yep, all right, yeah. yep, the missions are set. Um, yeah, I could totally see adding in more missions, like short missions, short duration missions, to like mm-hmm. bring down equipment because I doubt they're going to like leave all their cameras up there, their computers, some of their experiment like modules. I, I'm sure like most of it will probably stay up there when they deorbit. Um, but uh, I, I doubt like. I'll, I'll, some of the more reusable stuff will probably stay up there. So I'm sure yeah. I'll put some of that stuff down. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it is kind of sad, but it's also exciting, right? Because now it's a new era. Maybe we're going to see, um, like you said, the commercial version of whatever the next yeah. thing they're going to call the International Space Station or versions of that. It's kind of cool, right? It's, yeah. We'll hopefully yeah, it, see some new technology. Some the, the saddest part for me is that it was really a big. In, in recent years, it's kind of gone down a little, broken up, broken down a little bit. But it was a big um, sign of international cooperation, and sure, the next sure. steps won't be as much international cooperation. The next steps of right. all all U.S. companies, for the most part, even though um, international companies, you know, international agencies and whatnot will probably partake in them. Uh, Russia seems set on you know no longer <laughs> cooperating uh, in, in, with the West, so. They'll be cooperating mostly with China on their next station. So, like, it, it's a little sad because, it, yeah, because it's going forward. We're now we're like, okay, like before we could always 
know that the ISS will be a place where Russia and the West and whatnot cooperate together. And yeah, come 2030, that will, or 2028, if that's when they pull out, but um, adding two more years to that probably will be what will happen. Um, you know, that coming when they, when they leave, you know, that will end and it'll probably be a very hard and difficult path forward to do that again um right 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 yeah it's probably not going to look the same right it's going to no it's it's we'll probably end up it it might be something like out in in lunar orbit um with gateway like they could totally if they want to add on to that and add an international segment with like russia and stuff like that maybe but that's not in the plans at all russia was part of it but they're no longer a part of it Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh, we'll, we'll have to, again, it's going to be a long, hard road to like see some sort of international cooperation at that scale again, once the ISS is, is retired. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know. This is kind of our MO as a species. I feel like it's mm-hmm. like, it's, we it's, all get it's, along it's, until everybody wants to like, then not get along and kind of. Yeah. Cause like, even like post-World War One, we had like the you know, League of Nations was our, like, you know, and yeah. then World War Two, and then we come up with the UN and then we had the Cold yeah. War, which we went into the Cold War, but like. And then we're out of it with the ISS and, and whatnot. So now we're kind of going back down into it, and hopefully we'll, we'll you know, it, it, yeah, you know, we'll come back if history repeats itself. We'll we'll come back to that that point of, of great cooperation for 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 a few decades at least. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, hopefully soon. Um, one last topic though for for this week's episode is it comes out of uh, Rocket Lab. Uh, they announced that they have uh, signed an agreement with um. Uh, the uh, Cooperative Research Development Agreement uh, with the United States uh, Transportation Command. So if you're not familiar with how the military here in the United States is set up, there's the branches of the military, like you know the Navy and the Marines and the Space Force and the Army and Air Force, Coast Guard. Um, and then you have uh, commands, like actual like uh, areas of which of, of their efforts that are like kind of broken up. And it's not, they're not really separated by um branches like the u.s space command and space force are technically are separate entities the space force usually their personnel personnel work in space command but space command is actually um, headed by an army general not a space force general so um stuff like that it, it's kind of how it works transportation command they're usually pretty easy to figure out what the command does it's in the name they're the command in charge of transportation um and they have you know Huge air, uh, airplanes, the, C, uh, the C-5, C-17, C-130 um, aircraft they use to transport goods all around the world. However, there's been always been kind of like these rumors and, and now in the past couple of years, uh, even development contracts to look into using rockets to move cargo around mm-hmm. the world, um, of course. And when it comes to military, it's always how can we do it the fastest, the biggest, and the the best. Cheapest. So And the cheapest. <laughs> Don't forget the cheapest. Um <laughs> So Rocket Lab apparently has an agreement with the U.S. Transportation Command to kind of look into using their um, current electron rocket and their future neutron rocket, um, as well as their photon upper stage to kind of use it in a way to do moving around, which I kind of saw this. I'm like, oh, cool. That's interesting. But I don't know how that will work, but at least develop the technology and then use it Mm -hmm. elsewhere, maybe. Um, Electron doesn't have. I'm telling you, Amazon, dude. This is like point to point transportation, right? Like, you know, yeah, the, the DoD will develop it, and then Amazon will use it. Like, yeah, 
everybody's going to have a landing pad like right in their backyard. Like, yeah, I, the details of course are going to be super like slim on this because it is that's you're getting the DoD territory with with classifications and yep. and not wanting to be you know super public, but. You know the use of their photon like kind of system. You know, Rock Lab has created this really awesome kickstage that now doubles kind of as a satellite platform. You know, if you if you don't, you know, uh, the photon is used not just you know to put things in different orbit, but it can actually sell that as like the okay, you have the avionics and you have the mm-hmm. engine and you have the communication. You just put your payloads on it yep. for research, and we'll we'll use that to fly. Um, using that to possibly, you know, re-enter and stuff like that. I mean, at least the technology of it, and then probably have to develop a new spacecraft that's larger and more capable and have heat shields and parachutes and stuff like that. Probably won't have the mass for an actual landing system. It'll probably not that cool yet. It'll probably still be a, a parachute. Sadly, yeah, but, um, but Neutron, building up in the Neutron, having to be able to have a larger, you know, payload space to be yeah. able to add on more technology and actually maybe put a lander on it, um, which... Still, though, in, in Earth's Earth's gravity or Earth's, you know, that might be difficult to do, but uh, it's still totally possible, maybe in the future. But this it, is kind of like cool, you know, like no, it's cool, thing. man. Yeah, yeah, this is it's cool. This is like sort of that science fiction type. Like, it is very science fiction experiment, yes. right? Where now we're trying to actually do something useful by. I mean, not that anything else hasn't been really useful, but this is like this <laughs> could be eventually into like an everyday useful thing, like around the world right if you need to get supplies in remote locations or you know whatever yeah that's i think that's probably the bigger thing is is that uh, when you use when you talk about the what transmission command uses now uh, which if you've ever gone to a bigger air show um like you know oshkosh or um sun and fun or something that they will most likely have you know transmission command will probably have one of their plane you know their big planes out there yeah. oshkosh this year usually always has a c5 galaxy which are freaking huge yeah they're they're enormous if you've never seen one in in Mm -hmm. person there and they'll do like a demo with their c7 on like short and landing Mm -hmm. taking off and landing in short short distances but when you don't have a landing strip at all uh you might need to have some sort of uh you know something that can go long range like a rocket um and something that can land on any train like a parachute yeah well the other thing is the speed right the speed of which and the you speed know, of it, yeah, yeah it'll be quicker like than flying, getting a C5. Flying at, you know, whatever, 30,000 feet across mm-hmm. the, the globe is, is a long time. So Some of, some of the numbers that, that I've spoke to some military pilots about with Transmission Command, they've said that, that they can get anywhere in the world in a couple hours. Yeah, that's insane. Um, which is insane just on the look of aircraft. That's just using modern aircraft technology. Yep. And that's could be the same with rockets, depending on how where they're launching from and where they have to go um, with having three different launch sites with electron and, and eventually launching out of Virginia, they could, I mean, you launch them South enough. You can get pretty much anywhere in the world. It just will, will take time, but uh, you can get them and depending on where they go. You can get them within like, you know, less than an hour probably yep. um, easily. So uh, that speed paired with not necessarily needing to have, um, you need a, you would need to land close to someplace that has personnel, but mm-hmm. even if it's not, you know, land a parachute, put in, you know, outside of a village that needs you know medical medical supplies right um and then just yeah but it's pretty it. much a drone at that point right and then you just, have you, just dro- <laughs> you just it's full of drones <laughs> Dude, is, is this a drone dj space sport crossover we talk about <laughs> rockets launching drones and then drones take off from the, from the landing thing and they go to the village dude i like this this is awesome <laughs> so yeah uh yeah so that's that's pretty much it for the for the rocket lab thing it's, it's a cool technology you know uh your research project yeah it's cool keep an eye on it definitely yeah keep looking out for for updates on it 
Yep. So looking forward to this week. Again, we have two um, rockets come, two launches coming up this weekend from SpaceX. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Starlink, uh, one with uh, we just had Starlink launches last week, and that had a Boeing um, tech demonstrator on it. And coming up is another one where we have Starlink launches with a, a payload from AST Space Mobile, which is interesting because AST Space Mobile and Starlink are now competitors, like direct competitors with their um, uh, with their cellular, you know, direct to mm-hmm. direct to cell phone. Um, services that they're developing. Um, the difference is that the satellite space bubbles launching is already capable of technically doing that. While Starlink, well, um, that will come in future iterations of, of satellites. But yeah, uh, those two are coming up. I, I think then another Starlink, and then is the day after, right? Yeah, I think yep. that's right. So a lot of Starlinks. Uh, and yeah. I don't, they usually just kind of pop up last minute, anyways. So I think they're yeah, on track. Yeah. For, they're on track, hopefully, for I think for sixty launches this year. So. Yeah, that's um, insane. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, there's only 52 weeks in a year, so that's... Yeah. That's yeah. Insane. More so than that's one good. week. More than one, hopefully, yeah, about one week. Yeah, so more than... Yep. So, yeah, hopefully that'll be good. So, um, anything else for this week? No, I think that's it, man. I think other than just, you know, let's just put, I guess, the Artemis story to bed <laughs> for right now until we hear more updates, but yeah. Um, Expect like a weekly segment of just giving us the current updates of Artemis one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, disappointing, disappointing. Yep. So uh, you can of course catch up on all the news at spacesport.com. Uh, we'll be back of course next week, usually on Tuesdays midday uh, about one p.m. Eastern uh, for the live stream. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth Kirk. That's S E T H K U R K. And you can follow Jared at at Hyperlight H Y P R L Y T E. And we'll be back uh, next week. Thanks, everyone.